0: Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, an evolved perspective on life with dogs. Well, it's all right, Riding around in the breeze, well, it's all right, if you live the life you please, well,
1: it's Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. <clears throat> Great to be here, as always, and I can't help but think as I look outside... <laughs> What a great day to take your dog for a walk. It's raining, so what? Right?
0: True. true. Uh, But it's it's really coming down out there. I would maybe recommend a poncho for you and the the puppy if uh, you're going for a walk out there. You know,
1: it is getting warmer, though, and we do like that.
0: We had a fantastic weekend Mm. and got out and took Abby the Beagle for a walk, and it was great. Yeah, long overdue, but uh, so beautiful.
1: Was her nose to the ground like a good beagle's?
0: <laughs> her nose is always yes. to the ground. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool.
1: Well, um, in the uh, sort of celebration, I think people are really starting to feel spring coming, even though, you know, it's February, mid-February. We're yeah. getting there, though. The days are getting longer.
0: They are. It's, we- it's really nice <laughs> to not have darkness at 430. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. That's the hard. I think that's the hardest part about mm. it is not so much the weather for me, as much as the light. And I've uh, been having this conversation with a lot mm-hmm. of people. So the um, oh, we're going to play my, um, my interview with uh, Dr. Jessica Stone um, <clears throat> after the first segment here. She wrote a book called Doggy on Deck, and it's all about boating with your dog and uh, lots of really fun um, stories and also information if you have a boat and you might have questions about you know, how does it work, bringing my dog on the boat? Right. Fun interview. I have some announcements, though, some really exciting stuff coming up. Next week, I will be talking with Patricia McConnell, who is the author of a number of books. Uh, she's a very well-known uh, figure in the world of dog behavior and um, canine science. She's a uh, ethologist, so a, a dog behavior Um sort of scientist and uh, really wonderful person to talk to. I actually talked with her a few years ago and had a really great conversation. She's the author of a book. I think her most well-known is called The Other End of the Leash. And uh, she was speaking at a conference, which was why I had her on initially. Had a really wonderful conversation. That show is archived throughout our archives. It was such a great interview. I tend to play it, um, I think probably once a year and She is going to. She has a new book that's going to be released, I believe, on February twenty first. So just within the next week, and um, it's called "The Education of Will," and this is actually sort of a memoir, uh, partial, um, partial memoir, partial. You know, her talking about her experience with dogs, with this first dog, her first dog in particular, who's a border collie. And I'll be in- interviewing her um, next week um, on the show, which I can't wait. And she will be in Seattle Wednesday, March 1st at Third Place Books in Lake Forest Park. That's Patricia McConnell. She will be in Seattle Wednesday, March 1st at Third Place Books. In Lake Forest Park. I think it's at 7 p.m. She's going to do some, uh, she's going to have a talk and a book signing, and I look forward to attending that, and I hope to see you there. So also really exciting, a little further out, is uh, the fashion uh, Sheepdog Trials, which I've talked about for years now. I've um, worked with the coordinator to help uh, promote that event and have done some really great interviews both on the show and at the trials over the years. This year is June 8th through 11th on Vashon Island, the Vashon Sheepdog Trials. And guess who we're bringing out for this year's event? Temple Grandin. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, Friend of the show. Yes, have had her on the show a couple times. Brilliant woman. If you're not familiar with who she is, trust me, find out. You can, I think the easiest way would be to either listen to my interviews with her or, and, uh, watch the movie that was made about her. It's called Temple Grandin. And uh, Claire Danes plays her, and it's an excellent movie. Uh, such a fascinating woman. She's an autistic woman who also is a professor of animal science and has had quite an impact on um a positive impact on animals on many different levels. And uh, you'll definitely want to know about her in general. And uh, she's going to be, we're bringing her out for the Vashon sheepdog trials this year. She's going to do a talk on Saturday night, June uh, June 10th at the Vashon Center for the Arts. And that talk will be about animal behavior, uh, both companion animals. She'll touch on both companion animal behavior and also uh, you know, livestock, so cows and sheep and all that good stuff, which will be great because the Sheepdog Trials is all about dogs and sheep and people, <clears throat> all of us being animals. On Sunday, June 11th, I will be interviewing Temple Grandin at the at the trials. It's probably going to be around 1 o'clock. Um, of course, we'll give you more details as we get closer to this event. It's in June, uh, but that's going to be June 11th. That I'll be interviewing her at the trials and then there'll be opportunities uh, for book signings at both events. uh, Saturday night, June 11th at the Vashon Center for the Arts, Temple Grandin's talk about animal behavior. And then Sunday at the trials, uh, probably early afternoon, midday, um, June 11th, that's Sunday. And there's going to be uh, pre-sale tickets for the trials for that Sunday, which would be a good idea because they're already almost at capacity before bringing Temple Grandin out. So I I can only imagine what having her there is going to do with the crowds, and they might actually have to turn people away. So to avoid that, buy your tickets in advance. You can go to VashonSheepdogClassic.com to keep up with them. You can also find them on Facebook. And, of course, the Dog Show with Julie Forbes is on Facebook as well. Uh, Seattle Kennel Club Dog shows coming up March 11th and 12th at CenturyLink Field Event Center. You can go to seattledogshow.org for more information about that. It's a, There's a whole lot going on, and I'm excited to check it out this year for the first time as a spectator, not a vendor. So we've had a booth at the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show uh, every year since the show's been in existence. I remember our first year at the Seattle Dog show. We had been on the air, so that it's it's beginning of March, and our first episode was February 18th of 2009. What are we coming up on? Eight years now? Yeah. Wow. So I guess seven years I've had a booth there, and this year I will be attending as a spectator, which I'm so excited about because I have not really been able to... You know, be concentrated spect- on yeah. <laughs> enjoying the festivities. Yeah, yeah. you know, busy talking to people and about the show and all that stuff, and uh, we're just focusing our, um, you know, connecting with our audience on audience on more of a national um, level now. So
0: I bet if people find you though, you'd be willing to give them a sticker. Oh, of
1: course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show March 11th and 12th CenturyLink Field Event Center. Um, that's fun, fun event. This episode is brought to you by Farm Dog Naturals. Solutions for itching, dry nose, hot spots, missing fur, anxiety, stains, odors, and more. It's quite the range. Enter the coupon code DOGRADIO when you check out for 15% off your order at farmdognaturals.com. That's a coupon code DogRadio. When you check out for 15% off your order at farmdognaturals.com. I just emailed them because I finally got in touch because we are out of their cleaner, which is called Relief, which we love. And uh, we also need some more of their skin salves that work really work wonders. They have two different ones for two different things. So definitely check them out. Also, big thanks to stjohncreamery.com, raw goat's milk for dogs, cats, and people. They're a local, local farm up north of Seattle stjohncreamery.com. It's one of the easiest and most effective ways to give your dog's nutrition a boost. And they also love the taste of it. Just pour some raw goat's milk on there and they'll love it. Eric, did you hear about the story of the dog who died on a United Airlines flight?
0: No, no, that's terrible. I
1: think I just saw it yesterday. And, um, you know, I... uh,
0: do you know if he was in the cargo hold or yeah. was he in yes. the plane itself?
1: Yeah, in the in the in a crate, kind of down oh, below, okay. which I've always has always made me nervous, and I've never flown yeah. any of my dogs, and I, I don't anticipate I ever will, unless right. I guess I had to for some reason. Um, but uh, the flight was delayed like twenty hours or oh, something. No. And there was a layover, and and um, you know the the owner is of course just devastated, but um, kind of a uh, really just wanting to raise awareness um about that you know flying your dog on in the belly of the plane is right. uh is risky mm-hmm. and you know things can happen and uh mistakes happen or sometimes it's just too much for the dogs and it's not it's not you know uh, there's all sorts of ways that it can go wrong but mm-hmm. you know really try to avoid it if if you can you know drive if you have to or you know, just try to avoid that because um, ha- it's not the first time I've heard of something kind of tragic like that. I mean, what a terrible, terrible thing to have to live with to have your dog. I mean, it's hard enough when they pass away, but if Absolutely. it feels like yeah.
0: you know, like there might have been something you could do to prevent yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's terrible. unnecessary. Yeah.
1: So, oh, uh, thoughts going out to um, to that family, and uh, you know, just uh, just try to avoid that. <laughs> There was a uh, airline that was it was like Pet Airways. I don't even know if they're still um like operating, but they were an airline for pets. Hmm. Um and I don't know, this was like
0: several years ago. I did see recently a story uh about I think it was a Saudi prince that bought like several rows of an airplane uh for his falcons to fly on. Wow. So I'm not saying go that route but uh maybe if you have to fly the the dog it's it's worth it to bring him inside if that's possible. I mean some dogs obviously uh can't be uh, aren't, you know, behaved well enough I guess to mm-hmm. make that trip inside a plane either.
1: Yeah. So it says it looks like Pet Airways uh was sh- uh shut down in 2012 mm. and was maybe maybe trying to restart operations via crowdfunding and selling shares so it sounds like it was mo- maybe more of a financial thing than a service thing. But that's that's too bad because it, it there is a need for it. And it'd be nice to not have to put your dog in the belly of the plane and have him kind of treated. I know she one of the things the owner said was that she felt like the dog was treated like cargo. Mm-hmm. And that the response from the airline was the same as if she had had a guitar that was broken. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh, that's just too bad. Sad stuff. Um, so, yeah, lots of uh, lots of really exciting stuff going on in the area. Next week's show, next Wednesday, live at two p.m. I'm going to be talking with Patricia McConnell about her new book called "The Education of Will." Uh, you can pre-order it right now on amazon it's a memoir talking about her personal um personal life and past and sort of um, a a troubled past in ways that she struggled and ways that um her connection with dogs helped her heal which is such a wonderful theme and a theme that we see play out in all sorts of uh areas of life and and we've done a lot of shows over the years uh sort of related to that theme, Their dogs are just the best. Um, so next week, Patricia McConnell, she'll be talking Wednesday, March 1st at Third Place Books in Lake Forest Park here in Seattle. That's Wednesday, March 1st. Patricia McConnell will be talking about her new book and signing them also. I will be there, and I look forward to it.
0: And, and what a cute dog that Will is. I know, border collie, <laughs> yeah. i <laughs> seen yeah. the, the cover of that book, and a uh, very cute dog.
1: It's released February 21st. You can pre order it on Amazon. And then again, Temple Grandin will be out at the Vashon Sheepdog Trials this year. That's a pretty big deal. June 8th through 11th. She'll be talking on Saturday night, June 10th at Vashon Center for the Arts on animal behavior. And then I will be interviewing her Sunday, June 11th at the trials, um, probably around 1 o'clock. Book signings at both events, and um, that's just going to be amazing. I can't wait for that. Six months away, no, less than that. Jeez, time's time's just flying like crazy. Eric, eight years on the air. Seattle Kennel Club dog shows right around the corner again. It's just crazy. All right, with that, I will leave you to enjoy my interview with Dr. Jessica Stone, author of "Doggy on Deck." Hi, Jessica. Hi, Julie.
0: Hi, Hi Eric. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) Welcome.
1: Welcome to the show. So I've uh really enjoyed your book and am just so uh thankful that you took the time to put this resource together for the boating community because there are definitely a lot of dogs at sea out there and it's a really good resource for people um, I would imagine, especially people just starting out, but there's probably some information that even seasoned boaters might might help answer some of their questions. So, um, Jessica, why don't you tell us a little bit just about yourself and about what you do and uh, and the book as well?
2: Okay, thank you. First of all, I want to say thanks for that about the book, but I really can't take credit for it. I always tell people that Kip McSniff, the famous sailing dog, wrote the book. I simply typed it. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the deal. All right. Um, I am a sailor and a writer. Um, I have been, as you mentioned earlier on in the show, Kip and I sailed together for approximately 16 years. And we came back, of course, we would come back to uh, Seattle. I'm a teacher here. And, you know, make money and then go back out again. But we have had a lot of females under our hull. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I do professionally, I write, in addition to teaching, I write private biographies for people, memoirs for people. So if someone has a, a story that they want to write, you know, to, maybe to pass down to their grandchildren or something, but they don't want to actually write the book or they don't know how to put a story together, that's what I do. Um, yeah. All and, right. um, and also write a column called Cruising with Critters, mm-hmm. which is everything from parrots to ferrets, and how do you take them traveling.
1: Mm-hmm. And where would people find your writing in those columns?
2: Um, at Norwesting Magazine here in the uh, U.S., and that's a free publication. It's N O R Westing. And up in uh, Canada, it's in Boat Journal, and that's also a free publication.
1: Okay, great. Most
2: uh, chandleries, like West Marine and so forth, carry them.
1: Okay, great. And is your book available? uh, Where is your book available in stores?
2: It's available almost everywhere. Um, If it's not on the shelf, you can definitely order, but it's in all of the chandleries. People can buy it directly from the website, which is a good thing, because more of the money from the book goes to NOAA, which is a no-kill animal shelter, Mm -hmm. if they order from from the website. Mm-hmm. And that is, uh, you know, www.doggyondeck.com.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's D-O-G-G-Y. hmm hmm Great. We have a caller here for Jessica Stone, a question. We have Sarah in Issaquah. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Welcome to the Dog Talk Show. So my question
2: was, um, I was wondering about the potty thing on deck.
0: Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. Do you just tie them up out back?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, Jessica, what do you think about that? Yeah. um,
2: Hi, uh, Sarah. And um, that's interesting that you asked that question right away. Usually people wait about two or three questions into a conversation, and then they sneak up on it. So good for you for asking it right at the beginning. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about how we started and then several methods. I have about... Eight different methods that I outline in the book. But what happened when I took Kip aboard? At first, he was uh, two years old, so he was used to going to the bathroom, of course, uh, outside, and very um, private little dog, and he just would not go on the boat. That was his yard, and he wasn't going to go at all. So I tried everything. I tried enzyme pads. I tried enzyme sprays. I tried uh, taking his feces off the ground and putting it on the deck, and he was just disgusted by (laughs) that. And, um, oh, I tried tricking him, and he he just could not be tricked. So finally I got this friend of mine. I convinced him. I said, Don, listen you and the dog are really good friends. Why don't you have a couple beers, and then when you need to go to the bathroom, I'll go below, you go up on the deck, take Kip with you, he'll watch you do your thing, and then he'll go to the bathroom. And my friend Don is like, oh, I don't know. But eventually he came around, and he said, okay, fine. So when he needed to go to the bathroom, I went below, he and Kip went up, and about five minutes later, Don comes downstairs, and he says, you know, um... Your dog was very interested, watched the whole process, but he didn't follow suit. But here's my idea. so this is Don's idea. He says, "Why don't you go up and do your thing on top of my thing, and then the dog's going to know that that's the spot, and that's where it's good. So, well, I don't think so. But I did. I went and did that, and Kip was absolutely appalled. He would have nothing to do with us for the next two days. So <laughs> I knew that yeah, I knew that wasn't going to work. Um, So I I tried to hire a private uh, uh, dog trainer, and that didn't work. And finally I met this old fellow, an old sailor, in Ballard, and I was telling him my tales of, well, what am I going to do with my dog when I actually go offshore? And he looked at the dog and he said, you know, why don't you just leave the dog alone, and he'll go when he has to go. So I made a little deal with Kip, and I said, we're going to go out, and we're going to spend three days offshore, and we're not going to go back into land until you go potty. So it was very scary for me, and I think it was much harder on me than it was on Kip. He slept most of the time. Finally, after about two and a half days, he realized we weren't going to go to land, and he found his spot on the boat did his thing. I praised him. I gave him lots and lots of food and treats and so forth. Then I put down a piece of AstroTurf on that spot. And for the next eight years or so, Kip always went on that spot. So that worked really well for, for an older dog. Um, as I said, there are, there are a lot of different methods. I've talked about all of them. But basically, if you take your dog out, give him some time, um, they will find their spot, and they'll go to the bathroom, and then and then when you praise them, see, they're thinking it's their yard. So that's why they don't want to go.
0: Hmm.
1: Does that
2: help a little? Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it.
1: Okay. Great, Sarah. Thanks for calling okay. in. Thank you. Bye. Mm, bye. Yep, yeah, getting right to the point. Yeah, I don't want to go into all the gory details on the <laughs> radio, but, you know. Well, I think it's in... Is this probably one of the most common questions that you get?
2: Yes, it is.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's certainly one of the first things that came to my mind, too, is like, okay, well, what about the potty? I know some people have trained their dogs to kind of go, like if it's a male dog, to sort of lift their leg off the side of the boat, where they just sort of pee into the water. But um, it sounds like Kip found just found a spot. Now was yeah. this was this out like kind of a good spot that he chose as far out like on the bow or? Well, yes, he did. He liked
2: to go up on the bow, and the cool thing about that is I could go up there and just hose it off. Mm-hmm. I just used a bucket and a yeah. and a little brush and hosed it off. It's organic, so no. If I should tell people, if your dog goes to the bathroom and you're in. Um, you know, Puget Sound or a lake or something, you may not throw that stuff overboard. Mm -hmm. You have to bag it and bring it back and dispose of it uh, properly. You can't throw it overboard. But if you're offshore, you can. Mm -hmm. And that's perfectly reasonable.
1: Mm -hmm. And where people can go and find that information as far as the regulations in the waters that they're in? Mm
2: -hmm. Three miles offshore, I'm not counting Puget Sound is not considered offshore, so Puget Sound, you have to save the save the waste mm-hmm. and bring it to land, and any of the lakes that we have around here, mm-hmm. uh, you don't want to do it. But if you go off of the coast, uh, out three miles, then you can dispose of it. Okay. And that's pretty much basic Coast Guard. Ugh.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, you know, as a trainer, it's, I think, just a really good example of uh, just kind of trusting the dogs and mm-hmm. that they're not totally void of understanding mm-hmm. situations. And, yeah, it's, you that's know, they'll, yeah, they'll be like, all right, well, this is what I got here and I really got to go. So I'm just going to go. I'm going to find the spot that makes the most sense to me and go. And then you praise them and they're like, oh, all right, cool. Yeah. Good. Yeah, And
2: it's so easy on a boat to clean it up. And the other thing I'd like to mention about that is um, some pet stores will try to, well, not try to, but they do sell all kinds of cleaners to clean that up. And the truth is is salt water just cleans it up in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. You don't need to put any chemicals on top of it. You really don't need to introduce any chemicals into the water either.
1: Yeah. Good. So... And it's actually probably um, not a bad thing if there's a little bit of their scent that lingers, because then they're just going to be more likely to go back to it anyway. So,
2: yeah, the dog can probably smell it. I, yeah, people never can.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it takes
2: you know a minute to wash it away and mm-hmm. it's gone for us.
1: So you started when Kip was two. How old was he when you got him?
2: He was a little tiny bundle of fur.
1: Hmm. So like oh, he a, was about a eight, eight weeks, like a tiny little baby.
2: Yeah, he was. He was all tummy.
1: And you were not a sailor at the time. You got introduced to sailing after you got Kip. Is that right?
2: Yeah, it, uh, we did. It was kind of strange. I took a sabbatical from teaching, and I flew to the Caribbean. And my plan was, outside a Siamese Cat with me at the time, which we talk about in the book about with him, her too. So anyway, um, I took a sabbatical and I was gonna write the Great American novel and sit around in the sunshine and so forth. And then I met uh, I met a fellow who had a boat and it was kind of falling apart, but I got on the boat and I absolutely fell in love with sailing. Mm. It just happened the first time out. And I knew that's where I belonged, so I convinced this guy, if I could take the money I'd saved up for my sabbatical and fix up his boat, that if he would sort of captain my animals and I down island for a year. Mm-hmm. And so we struck a deal and wrote it up, and that's what we did. And so Kip and I started sailing together at the same time. That's how we got into it. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, I think he never had... A single issue about it. I do know that uh, there are many dogs that do have an issue. They're frightened by the boat, especially if you turn on the engine, they're frightened about it. And there are a lot of different things that you can do to calm a dog down, although Kit really never had that issue.
1: Yeah, he was a natural.
2: He was a natural-born sailor.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to take another break and we'll be back with Jessica Stone, author of Doggy on Deck. I also wanted to say hi to my Aunt Ellen and my dad in Massachusetts who are listening to the show. Hello out there. We'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie
0: Forbes. Let me in, so move it on over. Move it on over. Move it on over. Move it on over. Move over, little dog, cause the big dog's in.
1: Looking for an easy way to give your dog's food a boost in nutrition? Or maybe your dog has a sensitive digestive tract, itchy skin, or is just a picky eater. We've had such great success feeding St. John Creamery raw goat's milk to our pack, and I recommend it to my clients all the time. You can get raw goat's milk for your dog all over the country. But if you live in western Washington, be sure at St. John Creamery you reach for in the freezer section of your local independent pet supply store. You can also pick up your milk at drop locations around the area. Visit stjohncreamery.com to learn more. That's stjohncreamery.com. Your dogs will love you for it. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in
2: part to the Missing Link Supplements, we cover the world of animals. This week, February 19th, it's a Best Sunday with Dr. Nels Rasmussen in the studio. Dr. Nels can help with emotional, behavioral, or physical problems. He can test for allergies, drug, or supplement compatibility and dosages for you or your animal friends. Call us for a free remote session. Martha Norwalk's Animal
1: World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Host at DogRadioShow.com. That's me, Julie Forbes. Host at DogRadioShow.com. I look forward to connecting. Wait, dogs can use Skype? We're really
0: living in the future.
1: (laughs) This is Julie Forbes. I'm excited to tell you about Farm Dog Naturals, a company that handcrafts herbal remedies for the all-natural dog. Quality and integrity are must-haves for anything that I recommend. Certified eco-friendly and cruelty-free, their products address issues like stress and anxiety, itching, hot spots, crusty noses, as well as pet urine, stains, and odor. Farm Dog Naturals is guaranteed, and I'm so happy with the results I'm seeing. Shipping is available worldwide from their website, farmdognaturals.com, or you can ask for them at a retailer near you. Again, that's farmdognaturals.com.
0: Organic, free-range, and fresh daily. Alternative Talk, 1150. And now, back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Remember,
1: before you whine, that side yours and this side mine. So shove it on over, move it on over, sweep it on over, move it on over, move
2: over, cold dog, cause a hot dog's
1: moving in. We are here with Dr. Jessica Stone, author of Doggy on Deck, Life at Sea with a Salty Dog, Absolutely Everything You Need to Know Before Cruising with Fido. Hi, Jessica. Hi. Um, So we were talking about uh, dogs getting used to the boat. Some dogs, you know, it sounds like Kip was pretty pretty at ease on the boat from the get-go, but some dogs get weirded out by it, or once you turn the engine on, it startles them, or, you know, the boat's rocking, and it's just weird. And, uh, you know, things that you can do, and this is in general, even not on a boat, but Just in day-to-day life, especially as you're raising a younger dog, if they come across things that spook them, you want to get them through it in a way that role models how you that you are role modeling to them, how you want them to feel about it. So if the dog gets spooked, you don't want to freak out and, oh, you're okay, you're okay, and make a big deal out of it. You want to just kind of be like, hey, you're fine. Like, isn't this fun? And um, role model to them that so. Uh, Jessica, is, do you have any, any other information as far as that goes that you've had experience with with other people's dogs?
2: Yeah, well, that's excellent advice um, about just being calm. In fact, that works really well for people crew. I I never think of a dog on a boat or anywhere really as just a dog. I consider the the dog to be a member of the crew, a full member of the crew. And people get freaked out, too, out there. I mean, it can be scary from time to time. But if the captain or the owner, of you are remain calm and act like you're really having a good time, even though you might be scared out of your wits, but, oh, isn't this fun? I'm really having a good time. Mm-hmm. So the other people on board will model you, and the dog will also model you. As you said, they look to us, is this okay? And if you're like, oh, yeah, things are fine. Um, That really helps a lot. Mm -hmm. There are a couple of things, though, that people can do if a dog just is nervous, you know, just from the very beginning. And uh, two of them, and they're real easy to find, one of them is a rescue remedy. That's a box flower remedy, which is available everywhere. You can put a few drops of that under the dog's tongue or in her water. Uh That works really well. Another product that I... I found to be absolutely excellent for both people and dogs and cats is something called Serene. And it is made in very small batches right here in Gig Harbor by a company called ElizabethEssentials.com. And Serene, you just put a couple of drops under their uh, paws mm-hmm. or behind their ears, and they just relax right down. Mm-hmm. That's completely natural. For people, what I do, if I have people on board that are nervous, I spray the area where they are. Like if they're in the cockpit, I just go up there and give it a couple squirts, and they calm down. Mm -hmm. So those are pretty natural. They are absolutely 100 natural uh, ways Mm -hmm. of doing it. I would prefer to do that um, rather than give the dog prescription meds. Mm -hmm. Now, there are meds, and I do talk about it in the book, there are meds you can give the dog just like there are meds you can give people by the way people should never ever put a patch on a dog Those scolamine patches mm-hmm. never do that um but i don't really like to stress the medical stuff because dogs can be calmed down using natural products and just being calm yourself
1: mm-hmm. and kind of just getting used to it you know mm-hmm. like just mm-hmm. like people i i started uh I had my first sailing experience uh, three years ago, I think. And it was similar to you where I I had never been sailing on a bit, ba- you know, other than a sunfish, like in summer camp when I was little. Is that what they're called? Sunfish?
0: I Mini could, fish? Yeah.
1: Mini fish? Like this tiny, tiny one person I little could, thing yeah. on a pond. Mm-hmm. And so I have some friends who have a boat and I went out on a few day trip and I didn't know what to expect at all and I loved it Mm -hmm. loved it it was I loved being out on the water I loved how uh, disconnected from all of the things that normally are on my mind on land Mm -hmm. and you're just out there and you're especially on a sailboat where you just feel the water sort of holding you and moving you and it was wonderful, and um, one thing that I found for myself for seasickness, and I know you have some tips for dogs for seasickness.
0: That was going to be my question: Do dogs even get seasick? Yeah,
1: well, there's that <laughs> that acupressure point on your wrist, where there's there's like these little sweat bands you can get with a plastic nub on them that you mm-hmm. put, right. and that worked beautifully for me. I just wore those the whole time, and I didn't get and I'm kind of sensitive to that, like carnival rides and stuff, but it was fine for me. So what do you do for dogs if they are seasick?
2: Okay, to answer Eric's question, yes. And as a matter of fact, everyone gets seasick. (laughs) Even hardcore sailors get seasick. It's just part of life. But I'd like to share a little story about how I found out about that, if that's okay. Sure. Um, I had my mom out, and this was in the Caribbean, so I didn't really know at that point. I hadn't been out there very long If Kip would get seasick, and my mom came to visit, she was all excited, she was going to be on the boat for the weekend, and the captain of the boat told her, we were out sailing, he said, don't, she says, I'm going to go below and change into my bathing suit and so forth. He said, well, don't stay down there very long. Yeah. You know, because that's where you really feel it, yeah. and people get sick down below. But my mom, you know, she was thinking around downstairs, putting on her makeup or whatever she was doing, and she came up in the cockpit, and my mother was green, literally green. Mm. There is that tinge that comes over people, and so she said, "We said, sit down, look out at the at the uh, horizon." Uh, the captain offered her a beer, which is. Not conventionally the way that you handle seasickness, but that was his answer to most everything. <laughs> but um, she said no, no. She just sat there, and she was so sick. Well, I about that time I heard this moaning and groaning, and I looked down, and Kip was down on the sole of the cockpit, and he had, believe it or not, that same green tinge. My dog was as sick as my mom. Mm. So my mother does not. She has a real fear of dogs. She's just one of those people that worried and scared of dogs but she looked at kip and she said oh you come up here with grandma and we'll take care of each other so i lifted kip up and i put her on put him on my mom's lap and i have a photograph of the two of them and it's really cute they are so ill Mm. i mean that's not (laughs) cute but the fact that my mother was actually holding a dog um and they act, when we landed and we got to shore, they were fine within a half an hour. The really cool thing about seasickness is, is it goes away. Uh-huh. And if you're out at sea, it may last three days at the most. You wish you would die, but you don't.
1: Oh, okay. So it'll just kind of, your body will adjust. hmm
2: The only thing that you would maybe die from is being dehydrated. Yeah. So you need to be hydrated, but seasickness will just go away. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are some things that people can do if they are seasickness, or if their dog is seasickness, seasick. And this is really uh, easy. First of all, you want to feed them bland food and not very much of it. But you want to make sure the dog has some food in her belly mm-hmm. before you go out. Um, you can put ginger in the dog's water. A little bit of ginger. Mm. Um, I have a homemade recipe that I put in the, in the book for ginger snaps that are made with molasses, and they're good for the dogs, they're good for people. That will calm them down. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple other things you can do is just put a little bit of pe- peppermint oil in the dog's bedding. Mm-hmm. Around the area where he, he'll be, or fenugreek. That also calms them down.
1: Mm-hmm. You
2: can make a little ginger tea. Just take you know ginger and make a tea out of it, let it cool down put it over your dog's food Mm. that will help and a little bit of raw honey drizzled on their food will also calm them down Mm. don't want to do that with people or animals that have heart problems but other than that raw honey is really good it's great for kids too Mm. peanut butter and honey sandwich and pretty much knocks out any sea sickness they have Mm -hmm. So it's real real simple to prevent it again um both rescue remedy and serene help calm people they won't take the seasickness away but they'll calm people down sometimes and dogs if you start to get sick that's what scares people they go oh my god you know I'm, right going will be sick forever and ever yeah so and knowing I, that it
1: knowing that it will go away on its own helps calm people down probably it, too. Yeah,
2: it does yeah. calm them down. If, if for people you want to get them outside and having them look at the horizon, yeah, it's kind of hard for the dog. Will naturally find the lowest point he, in the boat that he or she can find, and that's good. That's where the least amount of motion is.
1: The lowest point now, but that's that. Wouldn't that be underneath?
2: Well. The dog is going to be lying on on the sole of the boat, yeah, down low, where people are standing up and, okay. and trying to look in the mirror or right. cook something, and it's an equilibrium thing. It's different for people. Yeah. But the dog okay. will find that low point and just flatten out.
1: Okay. You know, I noticed that for myself, that if I went down below to just get a drink or, you know, get a jacket or something like that and try to, it was similar to riding in the car and trying to focus on anything. Uh-huh. It's like almost immediate, like, oh, not a good idea. Like, and then I'd you'd just grab whatever I needed and then run back up and look out on the horizon and it would go away immediately. So, but I definitely noticed that almost instantly. It was kind of like, oh man, underneath is not a good place for me.
2: Right. That's why I think uh, traditionally the ship's cook has always been, you know, a revered position. Yeah. Because anybody who can cook down there in rolling seas, you know, gets an award. Yeah. It's pretty hard to do.
1: Yeah. Well, we're going to take a break, Jessica, but we'll be back with you in just a few minutes. We're talking with Jessica Stone, author of Doggy on Deck, Life at Sea with a Salty Dog. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes.
0: Very favorite breed. They're cute. Easy dogs feed.
1: Looking for an easy way to give your dog's food a boost in nutrition or maybe your dog has a sensitive digestive tract, itchy skin or is just a picky eater We've had such great success feeding St John Creamery raw goat's milk to our pack and I recommend it to my clients all the time. You can get raw goat's milk for your dog all over the country. But if you live in western Washington, be sure at St. John Creamery you reach for in the freezer section of your local independent pet supply store. You can also pick up your milk at drop locations around the area. Visit stjohncreamery.com to learn more. That's stjohncreamery.com. Your dogs will love you for it.
0: Conversations Live with Vicki Sinclair airs live every Monday at noon and now you can also catch the show during drive time at 6 a.m. every Friday. Hear from New York Times best-selling authors, innovative business leaders, cutting-edge health and wellness professionals, award-winning journalists, filmmakers, explorers, and adventurers. Tune in to Conversations Live with Vicki Sinclair, Mondays at noon Pacific time and Fridays at 6 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150.
1: This is Julie Forbes. I'm excited to tell you about Farm Dog Naturals, a company that handcrafts herbal remedies for the all-natural dog. Quality and integrity are must-haves for anything that I recommend. Certified eco-friendly and cruelty-free, their products address issues like stress and anxiety, itching, hot spots, Crusty noses, as well as pet urine, stains, and odor. Farm Dog Naturals is guaranteed, and I'm so happy with the results I'm seeing. Shipping is available worldwide from their website, farmdognaturals.com, or you can ask for them at a retailer near you. Again, that's farmdognaturals.com.
0: We're the black sheep of talk radio. Alternative Talk 1150. Terriers are my very favorite.
1: Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. We are here with Jessica Stone, author of Doggy on Deck, Life at Sea with a Salty Dog, Absolutely Everything You Need to Know Before Cruising with Fido. She sailed with her dog for about 16 years all over the world, So, and she's put together this wonderful book. So, Jessica, what uh, an interesting topic. Uh, did you have any fear uh, or concern while you were out on the waters about pirates? Ah,
2: argh, you know, <laughs> the, it's pretty common uh, fear right now about pirates. Um, for small boats like mine, which is a 41-foot boat, sailboat, pirates don't really attack those. Yeah. But you want to stay away from scary places, just like you wouldn't go uh, down a dark alley late at night, in, yeah. you know, in a scary part of a city or something. So you do want to watch watch out but kip one thing about having a dog on your boat wherever you are it's the dog will serve as a kind of a warning system and be a a guard and it doesn't really matter what size the dog is i've noticed in all different countries that people will not approach my boat um if if they see the dog if they're afraid of the dog they have to have the introduction first so if anyone had ill intentions um they would stay away. And actually, one time, we did, Kip did save our boat from, if you can call it, a pirate. We were in Antigua. It was in the middle of the night. And what there was was a, a, I'll call it a gang, probably four people in a small boat. And what they were doing is a guy would swim up to sailboats who had their dinghy tied behind them and cut the line in the middle of the night. Mm. And... um the dinghy would float back, and then the people on the other end would would grab the dinghy and get the um, motor and the valuables, and sometimes the boat itself. Yeah. So people, this has been a, an ongoing crime. Well, apparently someone tried to do that to my boat, and Kip just went ballistic in the middle of the night. You know, it was like three o'clock in the morning or something, and he's just rah, 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 rah. of course we flew out of the out yeah. of the cabin, <laughs> and the guy was just. Uh, swimming away as fast as he could. Oh yeah! So you know, lots of treats for that, and and Kip, of course, was all over himself. He was very proud of himself <laughs> oh, yeah. after that rescue. But he really did save. Uh, that would have been an expensive, not a dangerous, but certainly an expensive loss. Mm. Uh, all the way over there in Antigua to try to get a new dinghy. So, yeah, he saved the day.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, such a benefit and so true. Just in houses and you know, anywhere you just can't sneak up on a dog because they'll probably be able to smell you if, if nothing else, but certainly hear or sense that there's something off and then give you that alert, which just is like a, you know, boat alarm almost, like, hey, you're not sneaking up on us, and have them just kind of chase him away. I'm sure he was very pleased with himself after that. He
2: was, yeah. yeah. And I'd, I'd just like to, to make a note that in a lot of places, if people are going to cruise, um, they're going to run into little, you know, small islands. And I want to want to note that the people there, if they come aboard and take something off your boat, it's not—they're not bad people. It's just that they're really, really poor, and yeah. they see somebody sailing in on a great big, gleaming white boat, you know, filled with things food and so forth Mm -hmm. so you know it's you don't want them to come on and take anything so the dog is a good um preventer of that but i don't want to give the impression that people are out there being you know that they're bad people Mm -hmm. they are great people all around the world but you don't want them to take something off your boat
1: Mm -hmm. now you have um there's so many topics that you cover in your book. Uh, I thought that the topic about dog food was really interesting. your recommendations for storage, f- uh, f- for the boating purposes of boating, and I think people can relate to this in just their yards as well. The better quality food you feed, the smaller and more compact and actually less stinky the poops tend to be, which if the dog's going on the boat is certainly desirable. Um, But in addition to that, just the the higher level of nutrition, important in overall health. And, you know, there was a question, why not buy the dog food along the way? Well, if you're, you know, cruising (laughs) around the world, you don't know what's going to be available, if anything. So it's important to stock up for your dog and provision for them just like you would for yourself. And you had some really great. Uh, information a lot of information about a canine first aid kit and what are the good things to have and in what to know about general first aid so that you can you know self-treat as much as possible because you're not always going to have a vet available where you are and um, information about what if you get fleas on the boat can happen right uh, uh-huh, absolutely. Uh but I'd like we have uh we have a few minutes left and I'd like for you to tell the story about Kip falling in love. Okay. A little boat doggy boating love story.
2: Oh yes, the romance. Well, um I was uh anchored out in Friday Harbor and one evening so a fellow came by in his dinghy with this beautiful um auburn haired beauty and she was oh she was probably about six years old and her name was abigail Mm -hmm. and kip saw abigail and a golden retriever and he, he just was smitten immediately so he started running around and it wasn't like dog like oh there's a dog there's a dog it was oh there's a dog Uh like that. Uh So he ran around and barked and barked. So this fellow motored back, and the two dogs were just all happy to be together. So this guy said, well, why don't you come over to shore? We'll walk our dogs together. So we did. And Kip and Abby, from the first minute they were together, it was totally love at first sight. Kip would, and I've never seen a dog do this, especially a male dog, if you put down a treat for both of them, Mm -hmm. he would... Push his away and step back and let her have the treat.
1: What a gentleman!
2: I know he was so in love, and she was. um, He was quite a bit older, and she had longer legs and could run faster. So she would run, and then she'd stop and turn around and wait till he caught up, and then they'd run together until she was ahead of them. So it was really, really fun. And when when we'd have to leave, you know, I would be on my boat and the fellow would be on his boat. The two dogs would just rain at the lines looking at each other. You know, they wanted to be together. So it was, uh, Kip was definitely in love. And it was so cute to see because they, there was no question about it. That's what it was.
1: And it was just right from the get-go. I mean, he literally saw her driving by on their dinghy. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the dinghy for those people who aren't.
2: Oh, a a dinghy is a little, um, a very, very small boat that often in, you,
1: inflatable
2: it can be an inflatable it can be a rowboat. it's any mm-hmm. little tiny boat that you take off your big boat to to row to shore in.
1: Get to shore yeah uh-huh. so abigail was cruising by her auburn hair feathered in the wind and he <laughs> was just mad from from day one <laughs> he was
2: he was uh, he was Tails over whiskers, you know, <laughs> yeah. in love. He really was, and it was a different thing than as I said earlier. It wasn't just two dogs wanting to play. He was genuinely smitten with her, and you could
1: just see it in his eyes. Yeah, they just wanted to be together. Uh-huh. How cute! Uh-huh. Yeah. So there's a and there's a lot of information in your book that is great for people who travel in RVs with their dogs or with their pets, um, not just you know, boat-specific, but...
0: A.K.A. land yachts?
1: Yeah. Land yachts. Yeah, Land yachts. And even an extended car trip, you mentioned, this is good information for people to have. And I think, you know, a lot of this information pertains to just life on land as well. I mean, there's one section where you talk about sometimes people are leery of dogs and how important it is to make a good impression and to have your dog be you know, to have some training or to just have some general control of the dog, especially if the dog is having issues with that, to really work through that so that your dog is then welcome. I mean, I think you had said in your book that because of Kip's behavior, he was invited back, and this is to, like, somebody else's boat to hang out. Mm-hmm. And or, or
2: even in, in, we would go to little, like, Mexican villages,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and they would invite us the two of us, to their homes.
1: That was great. You know, and it's just, it's such a good point because, and I, I see this a lot where it gets to be a vicious cycle for people where the dogs are, you know, really have a hard time, really just all over the place, out of control in public, and so they don't get out as much because the people can't control them, which then just makes them feel more pent up, which makes them behave even worse. And I've had situations even recently where I've worked with people and their dogs and pretty quickly in a lot of cases just you know shown them what to do to get the dogs to calm down and to mind and then it's like oh you know in this one instance recently it's you know oh well now I'm gonna now I'm gonna take my dog around Green Lake with me and I'm just like oh I feel so happy for the dog because you know the dog's gonna be so much happier now that she's going out with her mom and getting to go out and getting to get that exercise and getting to get that change of scenery, which is therefore going to make her better behaved in general. Right. So it's, you know, true with the boating as well. Just having your, your better behaved dog will be more likely to be invited back and we'll have more freedom.
2: Yes. And I, I, really believe that Kip did nothing but make that trip, that journey better, mm-hmm. more enjoyable more fun safer yeah and i was so glad that i had him with me
1: good well jessica we are out of time thanks for being on the dog talk show and i will talk with you very soon we will be back next week wednesday at 2 p.m thanks for listening to the dog show with julie forbes
0: Been listening to the Dog Show with Julie Forbes Wednesday afternoons at 2 on alternative talk eleven fifty a.m. Never miss another episode. Listen to our podcast online at DogRadioshow.com or download them for free on iTunes or SoundCloud.